1 Corinthians chapter 7. Corinthians chapter 7. When you got it, say so. <clears throat> Begin reading in verse 1, and we will read to verse 9, and it says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as I, 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 as I myself. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Hallelujah. That's a mouthful, huh? Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for your word that is truth. Your word that is life, your word that is liberty, Lord God. And Father, we pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts from your throne, Father God. Do within us what you desire to do today. And Father, we thank you for your word that is inspired and that is able to instruct us and prepare each of us for every good work, Father God. May you use this time, Father God, to edify us, to challenge us, and to change us as only you can. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, someone said... You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, I, I, I know what you're thinking today, glory to God. You think it's on with the marriages. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All of that reading right there. Mm-hmm. But today, 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 marriages, you're kind of off the hook. Hallelujah. Because I want to speak a message entitled, Single sanctified and satisfied. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I was listening to a, a brother preach, Pastor Mark Driscoll. I've heard about five minutes, ten minutes of his message, and he was sharing with his church on dating. He was talking about dating, and as he was, you know, pre preparing to speak this message to his church, I mean, his church is thousands of thousands of people, and as he was opening up, he said something that I will, you know, reiterate here, glory to God, and it is that the single folks among us tolerate the messages on marriage all the time, glory to God. They hear the messages that, you know, are preached on, on marriage and family and all this stuff, and they're sitting down there. They ain't got no kids. They ain't married, so, you know, I, can I go home today early? No, 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 glory to God. You got to stay, get some edification, know what you're going into, amen? But in this church, we do have some single folks, hallelujah, and let me, let me, let me qualify what I mean by single. If you, I should say the word like Paul does, the unmarried. We have some unmarried folks, amen? And, and, uh, and unmarried, you, you, you can have a boyfriend, you can have a girl, you can have a ring on your finger that says engaged, hallelujah, promised to be, and you are still unmarried, hallelujah, glory to God. We have some young people, and young people, I encourage you to listen to this message. I'm not going to talk about dating, glory to God, 
Because personally, I don't really believe in dating in a secular sense. Praise the name of Jesus. I, 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 I don't believe in this um, mentality that there's some folk, and I'm going to just say, I'm going to just throw it out there, glory to God. But there's some people in the Christian faith, and you may be one of them in here, and you may be offended when I say this, and I'm not saying it to offend you, but I'm just saying it so everyone can hear it. But there are some folks, you know, that they have a belief that, you know, there's seven women to one man, maybe a little bit different now. Therefore, men really, you know, could just choose and just pick whichever one they want. Uh-huh. I can see that I got a lot of folks on my side, and I mean my side because I don't believe that way. I believe that God has divinely appointed and assigned each of us a spouse, amen? And if I get involved in, in, in trying to make those decisions, there's a high likelihood that I'm going to end up in divorce court. Hello, somebody. There, 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 there is a high likelihood that I'm going to be living on earth when I should be walking in blessing. I'm going to be walking just cursing. Hello, somebody. Why, Lord? This is, this is not anyway, but we're going to talk about marriage next week. But here we go. But, but the reality is that there are some folks that they just believe, you know, you could just, you know, you kind of just pick. There's no divine assignment. And I have to say, well, I don't know about that. I don't believe that. I don't think that it's that way. Therefore, I don't believe in dating the way the world does because what they do is they say, well, hey, you know, I need to just go out on dates so I can get to know all kind of stuff about so-and-so. Hold on a second. What happened to sanctify yourself in prayer? Hello? Come on, most of y'all are married. Y'all should be saying amen. Some of y'all got kids who be saying glory. Y'all should be doing backflips up in this place. <laughs> what, 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 what happened to, you know, getting down, like I believe it was, Abel, was, was it? Yeah, Abraham's servant who got down and said, Lord, listen, my, my, my master has sent me into this place to get a wife for his son, and I'm just going to ask you, whoever the one is, these are the things that I would like, and Lord, you show me, and when I see it, boom, that's the one. We ain't got to argue about it. I don't got to go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. maybe this one, maybe so. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that, that's how we do stuff sometimes. But I want to let you know, hear, hear me, I, I believe that the scriptures give us enough premise to stand upon that we can understand that God has some things in order for us. And it is important that if you are a single person, unmarried in this place, that you get in tune with God because let me tell you something, marriage is not something that you do until you can't handle it no more. Mar mar marriage is not something that you do until she gets on your last nerve. Amen. Marriage is not something you do until we get broke and then we can't pay the bill. No, 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 no. Marriage in the sight of God is something that is, it is, it is an establishment that you remain together for all of your days on this earth. Amen, somebody. Therefore, it is wise of you to consider. Some of us think more about what car we're going to drive than we do about the person we're going to marry. Mm -hmm. Some of us are more, we spend more time making ourselves look right. Hello? Then, okay, God, show me the right one. See, me, I wasn't like that. Mm -mm. Jason Quinones knew he got saved right before he turned 18. Read the text, said, listen, you know what, God, I know you didn't give me that gift. I'm not going to be single, so I'm going to need to get married, and I don't want to be one of these guys in church. See, and I didn't even know. Listen, you, you can ask my mom, anybody. I, it wasn't like I had all this indoctrination in my life that I knew all of this stuff. I just knew one thing. I knew that it was really ugly for one guy to have like 10, 15 girlfriends to call himself a Christian. Oh, y'all singles going to get it today, glory to God. Welcome to our singles conference 2009. Praise the Lord. 
And, 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 and notice I said it's ugly for a guy to have all the girlfriends because right away we think, you know, she's a hoochie or whatever the case is when she got all kind of, you know, boyfriends or whatever the case is. But what about the guy? You ain't no better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome, glory to God. You know, we, 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 we have a tendency to, to, to treat our, you know, genders different. Well, you know, the girl, she's got to be pure, but the guy, you know, he's got to be a man. But what, what makes a man, glory to God? 20,000 20, girlfriends, trophies all over. Hello, somebody. That, that doesn't make you a man. That makes you an abomination in the sight of God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's what that makes you. So it is important that we consider this title of this message, Single, Sanctified, and Satisfied, glory to God. Because we have in this scripture, and in, 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 in mixed up in here, because in, in my Bible it's got the little heading says principles of marriage, but I found principles for being single, praise the Lord. Because they're writing the Apostle Paul and they're asking him a question. They're saying, listen, is it, is it right? You know, we're, we're, we're saved and, and should we just stay single? Does that mean if I'm single that I'm more holy? This is what he's saying. This is their question to him. They wrote him a letter. Notice he says, you wrote me, you know, about what you wrote. They wrote him a letter asking him a question saying, listen, apostle, tell us about this. Is it more holy to be single than it is to be married? And the apostle clearly states in here, neither one is more holy than the other. What is important is obeying the commandments of the Lord. If you're going to be married, you can be holy. If you're going to be single, you can be holy. Amen. Neither one of them makes you, because, you know, nowadays, you know, or, or, you know, back in the days, they started some craziness where, you know, you're really holy, you was just celibate. And then, and then, and they, then they find out up in the church, kids getting molested. Mm-hmm. You, find, you, find, you find out that, that men, and, I, and I'm just going to speak clearly, men, ministers, clergymen, take the vow of celibacy. And then what they do is they just don't get married. They have sex, and then they repent. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you the truth, church. This is not this is this is not a makeup story. This is reality. Y'all didn't see the the the, the priest from Miami. Oh, I, I know I, I know y'all read about him. That, that that's national news. Hello, somebody. And what was he doing? They interviewed him and they asked him about the relationship, and he clearly said, "Now this is a priest vow of celibacy." And what did he say? He clearly told him that he had sexual relations with this woman. He ain't the only one. I, that one just came to my mind right now because I want to give you a story right there so you can qualify what I'm saying. I ain't making stuff up. Now, listen, I'm not going against the Catholic church or anything like that. I'm simply saying because this is in the Christian church. See, the other ones that I'm thinking about, I don't want to name names, so I won't do that because those are not national news. But those are things that I know about. Christian, they're not Catholic. They're Christian ministers who take vows of celibacy. And then what ends up happening is they weren't given this gift that the Apostle Paul was given. So what do they end up doing? Well, they got to maintain their godliness and their appearance. So, you know, I just fornicate and then I repent because God forgives. Right? Single, sanctified, and satisfied. Very, very important that we have the right mindset in the right heart. Living by the book, as we talked about in the beginning of this series, and the reason why I'm preaching this series is because I want us to make sure that we are not just people that are halfway blessed, but that we are people that are fully blessed in everything that God wants for us. And there is only one key to unlock everything that God wants. One key. And it is his word. 
No other key. L- 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 listen, you can do, we can do whatever we want to do, and there is no guarantee that we're going to open up something. No, 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 no. It is by living according to these scriptures, according to what God says, that we're going to be able to open up the kingdom in our lives. Amen? We learned the last time that I preached that everything we do, everything we say, or everything we don't do, and everything we don't say are direct reflections of what? Of who the master of our lives is. Direct reflection. The things that you say, the things that you do, those reflect clearly who is the master of your life. The things you say yes to, the things you say no to, the things that you just stay quiet, all of those things are direct reflection. Remember what I said? All of us, whether we like it or not, we are all expert witnesses. We can't help it. We just are who we are. But you know what? I want to throw something in there because there's a difference between being imperfect and being insubordinate. There's a difference between being a person who is imperfect, meaning you're a person who has flawed character, a person who has not arrived yet, a person who is still being worked on, and then the other one is being a person who is just insubordinate, a person who is irreverent and who disregards everything that the Word of God says, who picks and chooses what they are going to listen to and says, you know, I like this command, but I don't like this one. I like this over here, but I don't like that one. There's a difference because, see, when you are a person who is simply imperfect, which that is every one of us in here, every one of us. I didn't say every one of you. I said every one of us, glory to God, because I fall right in that category of imperfection. Every one of us that is in this place falls into that category of imperfection because we are all imperfect. But, see, there's there's a separation because there are those of us who truly daily submit unto God everything that is within our hearts and allow God to have his way in us. And you know what God does when you are a person who is allowing him to work on you? He works through those imperfections. He works on those imperfections. And he has this wonderful way of covering you up when you slip up. Hello? But when you are a person who is just insubordinate, a person who is irreverent to his word, a person who is disregarding his commands, there's only one thing that can change your life, and that is repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is real simple. It is acknowledging that what I am doing is a violation of God's law, and I no longer want to be in violation of the law of God, but I want to turn around, and I want to live this thing according to his word. Now, The word of God offers our unmarried folks and and, and single folks in this church the opportunity to live single, sanctified, and satisfied in this life if you will go by the scripture. So the first thing, I want you to repeat this after me. And listen, I know some of you are not single, hallelujah, but just repeat this after me. We know that it's not you. We're just going to support the singles in our church, amen. So the first thing, but this goes for all of us right here, we must gain a biblical definition of being single. In this place, there's two types of singles in here. There is the one that wishes to get married, and there is the one that wishes not to get married. Real simple. There's the one that says, you know what, I'm done with that. Don't want nothing to do with it. I'm good right where I am, and this message is all for you. Glory to God. And then there is the other one who is single for whatever the reason may be, and they still want to get married. They, they have hopes and aspirations, glory to God, of one day getting married. And that's okay. Neither one of them is wrong. G- give the Lord a hand of praise. Neither one of them is wrong. No matter which category you fall in, we just want to apply the principles that are found here in the word. The Apostle Paul is a prime example. And I, and I love the fact because, you know, a lot of times single, single folks will look at me and be like, well, you ain't single, so how are you going to talk to me? That's all right. Jesus wasn't married and he talked about marriage. Hello, somebody. Uh-huh. Glory to God. 
And, and, and the beauty of this is that I have two great examples of being single, sanctified, and satisfied. The first one is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The second one is this, this man of God who wrote these scriptures here, and it is the Apostle Paul. He was a single man, and from him we can glean what the true definition of being single is. Because, And, and the way we're going to get this definition is because we are going to point out what, 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 what is not the definition. And so the first thing we find is that the Apostle Paul wasn't lonely. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul was not lonely. He may have been by himself, and he may have been doing something, but he wasn't lonely in that sense that he was needy, and he's like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die if I don't find somebody. Hello. <laughs> so he was, he, he was single, wasn't lonely. He was single, and he wasn't incomplete. Mm -mm. See, they, 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 this is about to mess up a whole bunch of theology right now, and that is okay. That's what I came here to do today. I, I understand what you mean when you say he or she completes me. But you better be careful when you say that. Because when you come into marriage, you shouldn't be incomplete. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When you enter into marriage, you should not be incomplete. There may be things that she is better at than you or he is better at than you. Or things that he is gifted in, but that does not make you incomplete. Because when you come into a marriage and you are incomplete, you know what that causes? That causes all kind of neediness that ends up dragging your marriage through stuff that it don't have to go through. Come on, single folks. Glory to God. So he was not incomplete. He wasn't waiting to find his mate so I could be complete. No. The apostle Paul was complete in Christ. So he wasn't lonely. He wasn't incomplete. And listen, we all, even married folks get lonely. We have lonely moments. But what I'm saying is, on the overall general life, lifestyle of this man of God, he wasn't lonely, he wasn't incomplete, neither was he incapable. Hello. There wasn't, there wasn't necessarily something wrong with him that was hindering him. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. I have seen some not so good looking men and women of God <laughs> who are high. <laughs> who are highly anointed, glory to God. And they have, uh, you know, good-looking spouses next to them. And if, you know, you were in the wrong mindset, you'd be like, man, how did that happen? <laughs> See, the, 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 the anointing does, does something. It, may, it makes you look more attractive. It, it brings out the good, glory to God. And so, and, and so I'm sure the apostle was capable of having a spouse. I mean, he communicates it in one of the epistles that he's writing. He says, listen, are we not able like the other apostles to have wives where we choose not to? So the point is it wasn't a thing of incapability. So he wasn't walking around insecure, church. Hello. Lonely doesn't mean any of those things, or, or, or single doesn't mean those things. It doesn't mean that you're lonely. doesn't mean that you're incapable. doesn't mean that you are incomplete, and it definitely don't mean, I mean, this brother was not angry. Hello. Because, you know, you got some angry single folks just mad because they, they, they haven't found the right one. Leaving churches, glory to God, in search of. Y'all think I'm, listen, I, I'm telling y'all, I, I, was, I was having a conversation with a young lady from another church, and she was telling me what they do over there. She, you know, we were talking about the whole, you know, dating situation, and she caught me right after I was, um, right after I was starting this message. It was like Thursday evening, so she got an earful, because I was just preaching to her, glory to God, and I was like, well, hold on, hold on a second. So, you know, she's telling me, you know, in, in, in our church, she said, this is what I noticed. There's a bunch of good-looking women, but there ain't no men. These are her words. 
She said, all, 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 all the good-looking, decent men, they're all taken already. All right, glory to God. At least we know we got some good men in church. Hallelujah. <laughs> so she said, what, what they do is they will go and they will get a husband and convert him to our particular denomination. This is what they do. And that's when I threw it and I said, wait a second, what about praying and waiting on the Lord, glory to God? What happened to that? What happened to really allowing God to bring the right man? And first of all, women shouldn't be going on manhunts. Ladies, did you hear what I said? I, I, know, I know in our new, you know, new age of whatever, you know, women just, you, you're the aggressor. Time out. You want a man of God? Don't be the aggressor. Hello? Y'all ain't saying nothing. You shouldn't be going out there. Can I get your number? I was watching George Lopez. I don't know. I don't know the show, but it's one one where he's where he's he's a. Uh, it's I don't watch George Lopez the show. I was watching George. I gotta clarify that because George Lopez be a little crazy. Glory to God. But listen. But I was watching a movie. He's in there and his, and his daughter. He's a single dad and his daughter is going to a um um camp camp. It's, it's Girl Scouts or whatever. So you know he's in this campground and everything like that. Well, there's a part in the movie where he gets his leg tied up in a knot. He's up in a tree and these little guys did this stuff, right? So, you know, the, these guys are running around. They got paintballs and they're looking at him. And, you know, the girl, one of the girls that he's, you know, with, that's part of his little, you know, brigade there, she says, um, you know, man, he's hot, you know? So she yells at And then as, as, as these guys are getting ready to run, she's yelling, 407-555, blah, blah, blah. Listen, listen, listen. That, that's desperate, glory to God. Don't, don't get desperate and crazy, praise the Lord. You know, you don't, you don't need to be that way. If you, if you got to go through all that trouble, that might not be the right one. Or it might not be the right time. Hello? Listen, one of the greatest lessons that I learned when I, when I told you my prayer, and I prayed it from, from like day 20 of my salvation, glory to God. I was praying it fervently. Lord, I don't want to be this player. I want to be right with you. you know, and, and, and for the glory of God, I had two girlfriends in my Christianity. One of them lasted two weeks, and the other one I'm married to. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that two-week relationship, I was friends with the girl for 10 months because we were praying and seeking God and, and, and looking for God's will. And, you know, we didn't find it. I tried to make it happen. It didn't happen. The Lord was like, no, you need to just end that. Glory to God. But the greatest lesson I learned, see, what, what happened was I was in this relationship, friends for 10 months, boyfriend and girlfriend for two months. All the time, the Lord was preparing this beautiful woman of God for me. Hallelujah. Preparing me for huh? two weeks, two weeks. I'm sorry, two weeks. I'm she's good. Thank you for clarifying that. That would have went into my other relationship. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't have been a good thing. <laughs> I'm just joking. So I'm, I'm in this relationship and, you know, we break up. I have this dream. Talk to Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert comes and bursts my bubble. I'm like, man, I don't want to talk to you ever again, bro. Get you, man. I don't know why I'm dreaming with you. You know, just want to get hurt like that. Praise the Lord. So anyway, you know, one, 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 of the, one of the worst things, and, I, and, and I, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'll tell you, you know, one of the worst statements that I used to hate to hear, and, and this, girl's, this, this girl, her parents used to always say this, and I used to be like, oh, I want to just choke someone. <laughs> if she's not the one for you, God has someone better. I was like, I don't want to hear that. She, she's the one. That's it. I, I don't want to hear nothing like that. But see, I didn't realize what they were prophesying into my life. Glory to God. I got something better. Hallelujah. See, now I love the statement. Back then, I was, I, I don't want to see. And as a single person, you know, you don't want to hear that stuff. You just want, this is the one. I want it, you know. No, no, no. 
What happened was I ended up, I met my wife, and when I met her, she was choir director and all this stuff, and I was not looking. Listen to me. Here's, here, here's, here's the reason why I'm telling you this story is because while I was looking, and that was the other thing that they kept on telling me, stop looking, and when you stop looking, that's when you're going to find what you're looking for. And I was like, I don't want to hear that either, man. I, you know, I'm praying. I got to be looking, right? Glory to God. So those are two statements that are like, you know, for singles, get away from me. You know, you don't want to hear that stuff. But listen, I figured I was in this, this friendship for 10 months, relationship for two weeks. We broke up and said, you know, maybe it's not the timing of the Lord. So we're being friends. I'm not looking for no one. And the beauty walks into my life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm friends with the other girl. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We're just friends. So I'm not violent. I'm not being a player. Hello. Right. This one walks into my life, and she's like, well, real man joined the choir. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, yo, I'm a man. What's up? So I'm going to go and start singing. So I, you know, I, I decided to start singing in the choir. And her and, I, her and I just became friends. That was it. We just became friends. But suddenly, something was going on inside of me that I could not explain, nor could I control. Hello, I'm just letting you know. I, I, I'm going to tell you something I told her one day. I walked into my house because, see, her and I were, were friends. And so what I would do, my mom wanted to leave church early. And so I would say, listen, can you take me home? So she would take me, drop me off at my house. So I'm walking inside of my house one day. And as I'm getting out of the car, I look back at her and I say, you know what? You're from the devil. And I said, I'm going to pray that the Lord remove you from my life. And, I, and, and listen, I want to qualify the statement. It wasn't because she did anything demonic. It wasn't because she did anything that a devil would do. It is because my feelings for her were growing. And remember, I still was friends with this other person that I thought this is the one, right? And I'm like, why am I feeling? I couldn't do I was always talking about her. It was crazy. It was just nuts. It was, it was just crazy. But listen, <laughs> the, the, the point of the matter is that when I wasn't looking is when I found exactly what God had for me. And it becomes the same exact scenario for every person that is single in this place. If you will just look for God, which is what I was doing, and you will seek his face, you know what he'll do? He'll bring you exactly what he has for you. Amen? When we look at this, this scripture here with the Apostle Paul, we find that he communicates about this gift that he has. And he says that not everybody, in, in verse 8, look at verse 8 with me. He says, but I say, I'm sorry, verse 7. He says, for I wish that all men were even as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. So what is he saying? He's talking about two different gifts in this chapter. The first gift he's talking about is his gift. And what is his gift? It is that gift of celibacy. It is that gift of continence. It is where he is able to remain single, sanctified, and satisfied. He is able to do that. That is a gift that he has been given. And then there is the other gift, and that is what? The gift of marriage. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So some people are gifted with this gift to be able to remain single, and others are not gifted in that area. They are gifted, and they're able to be married, and though in either one of both of these things are gifts. And so not everybody there's going to be a smaller portion trust me when i tell you this there's going to be a smaller portion of people within the church who are going to be gifted to be single that's just how it is 
Certain people who are gifted with a specific mandate on their lives. And it is important. I want to say this before I move on to my second point. It is very important that you, if you are single, you are unmarried, that you truly begin to seek the face of God as far as what is the gift that he has for you. Does he have you with this single gift or does he have you with this other gift? Why? Because there are folks, and I'm going to tell you this because, you know, I talk to plenty of people and not necessarily here, but I mean all over the place. And there are some folks that when I talk to them and I hear their stories or read about them or whatever the case is, they definitely should just be single. Hello. Because marriage isn't a place that they're supposed to be. They should go on ahead and they should remain single because they're not satisfied. They're not happy inside this marriage. You know, there's a, there's a mighty, mighty man of God, old, old man of God. Name is John Wesley. And you know what happened to him? His wife left him. Because he committed adultery? No. Because he was beating her? No. Because he was a horrible man? Not at all. Because he was too devoted to the things of God. Because he was always doing ministry. He was always involved in what God called him to do. And so you know what he should have done? This is what he should have done. He should have prayed. He should have sought the face of the Lord and said, God, do you really want me to get married? Do you really want? Because if, if you want me to get married, then you're going to enable me to deal with these other things. Amen? Amen? Very important that you pray about those things. Number two, say this with me. We must embrace the biblical mandate for single living. And undergo its process. The first thing that we've got to understand, and if we look at verses 1 and 2 and verses 8 through 9, look at it with me. It says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Verses 8 through 9. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with with passion. Very important. So the first thing that we find here in this word over here in verse 1 where he says it is good for a man not to touch a woman. That word literally means to start a fire. That's, that, that, that's what that word, that, that word literally means to start a fire. It is talking about sexual immorality. It is talking about fornication. It is good for a man not to fornicate. But I want to take it back a step because way before you get into the actual act of fornication, you've been starting fires. Hello. When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell the young people all the time, they, they come and ask me questions. You know, um, you know, Pastor Jason, what do you think about kissing? I think about kissing my wife all the time, but that's about it. What do you mean? I shouldn't be thinking about kissing before I'm married. Oh, that's too, that's too legalistic. Not too legalistic. Let me explain to you why. Because when you start, and I'm not talking the little, you know, kiss on the cheek. I ain't talking about that. That, 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 that. That's not what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? So just use your imagination for a moment. Let me give you a second. <laughs> that kissing right there. <laughs> that one that you just thought about right there, that's, what, that, 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 that's the kissing I'm talking about. That all-involved kiss. Mm -hmm. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, I love, I love him. I love her. It's okay. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what that kissing is? Can I, can I tell you what that kissing is? That kissing is a precursor to something else. That kissing is arousing stuff that don't need to be aroused if you ain't married. Because here's what happens. And this is what I used to tell the young people. 
What you do is when you are going and you're doing all this, because they talk about heavy petting, you know, and just rubbing up on each other and all of this kind of stuff, you know, starting fires. You know, fires are started by friction. Hello. <laughs> so, you know, you rubbing up on each other and all of this glory and you're rubbing legs sitting next to each other in church. Uh-huh. Y'all seen it all, glory to God. Mm-hmm. Sitting there just rubbing up on each other. Look, 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 look. Listen, listen, listen. What happens? What happens is every time that you begin to engage in that activity, it's kind of like a stick of dynamite that's got this long old wick on it. And here's what you do. Get all that heavy petting, all of that kissing you were imagining, and all of a sudden that thing lights up. Shh. And what happens to it? Gets shorter. Because, you know, you don't let it burn all the way because, you know, you got control. So what do you do? Starts burning, we can't do that. It's not godly. Until you get to the place that it feels all right. Until you get to the place that that, we can't do this, becomes we got to do this. Oh, trust me, church. Christian or not, you cannot be all engaged in that stuff and just think ain't nothing going to happen. Trust me, something is going to happen sooner or later. Especially, listen to this, the more you think, well, this is definitely the one. Because then you know what your first justification is? Well, I'm going to marry them anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the singles ministry, glory to God. <laughs> Welcome to our 2009 conference. Practical, practical. Listen, the more you think, well, this is the one, and I like the way they do that, uh-huh. What do you think is going to happen? eventually you are going to get to the place that you can't put that fire out. And then you have this explosion. And now you're all wrapped up in sin. Hello, somebody. Amen. I'm glad you keep giving me an amen. Glory to God. He's like, praise the Lord. I'm married. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says, I want many explosions in my life. Praise the Lord. Listen, listen. Very, very important that you listen to what is being said here. Unmarried folks, don't be starting fires. Don't be rubbing up all on each other. Don't be, don't, 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 don't be doing all that stuff. Because all you are doing is putting yourself in temptation's way. So what does that mean? Stop doing it. Pastor Aldo and Pastor Vanessa, give the Lord a hand of praise for this couple. They are... <laughs> They, they, they are like my, I used to use them all the time in youth ministry as a great example of what, if you're going to date for a long period of time, because listen, I'm going to tell you right now, my, my position on all of that stuff is you pray, you seek God, and you go on ahead and you know that this is the one, you know, okay, and, and, and from that point on, you get to know each other, you know, don't be trying to date for 5, 10, 15 years, you got to be crazy, um, and so anyway, I'm just letting you know, that's a long time to be dating like that, and then after that, you know, after your, your courtship, you get to know each other. You get to know who we, you know who each other are. Then you know what you do. You go on ahead and get married. You don't get into a relationship just. I mean, we're just hanging out. What, 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 what kind of relationship is that? You, you hanging out. We ain't got time to hang out. There's plenty of other things we can do. We ain't got to hang out. You know, all, all, all involved here. But anyway, Pastor Aldo and Pastor Vanessa, they got together, and you know what? There was one time. Listen to me now. One time in their entire relationship that they were alone together, and you know when it was. It was driving from my house to my front gate 
and daddy was on the phone with one of them all the way through that process. So I couldn't get a whole bunch of hand claps up in here. But listen, listen to me. They, whenever they went out, his best friend, Mark, he, let's go, brother. We going, we going out. And it wasn't, and, and, and it was how, how long were y'all together? Five, yeah, and, and listen, if you do plan on doing that elongated, you know, stuff, you need to have this in, incorporated in your life because that's the only way you're going to maintain purity. Hello. Five years they were together, and they went through that. And what did they do? Mark, you come with me. And it wasn't one of these things. Mark, you're going to come with me, and that way Vicente sees you with me in the car, and then we get to where we're going. You're going to go your way, and we're going to go our way. It wasn't none of that stuff. It was you coming with me, and you staying with me. Listen, and, and I'm paying for your dinner, so make sure you expand your budget, glory to God, because your accountability person needs to be there. This, li, li, listen, this is what was occurring to make sure what? That they didn't get involved. Oh, well, you know, we need private time. What you need private time for? What, 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 what do you need private time for? To get, if you, you need private time, call me and we can be private. You and me, just you and me. We ain't got to do three-way, glory to God. What do you need? Oh, because we got you ain't got to get romantic. You ain't going nowhere. After all of that romance, what's going to happen? <laughs> nice romantic, heated up, just rubbing, starting fires. I'm trying to stop it. Someone is going home to sin. Glory to God. Listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm letting you know. So what did they, they were together five years. They did a wonderful job. Example, example, example relationship. And that, if you, you, you're going to be in a relationship, look, man, we, if we need to talk, so what, what do we need to talk about that's so private? You, you need to talk about bank budget, stuff like that? Is that what you need to talk about? You don't want to talk about that? Call me on the phone. We can, we can sit on the, especially now, we can sit on the computer together. We can pull up the same screen, glory to God. Hello? Single, sanctified, satisfied. The second thing that we have got to see here is that in verse 32, look what verse 32 says. Yeah, chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. Look what he says now. He says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he or she may please the Lord. So, 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 the first, and, I, and now, now I want you to turn to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going we're gonna to go over there because I want to talk to the widows for a moment. Glory to God. You know, we have a couple of widows in our church, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Sister Martha, Sister Grace, praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand of praise, women of God. Here we go, here we go. 1 Timothy. Are there any other widows? Because I, I, I don't want to offend anybody. All right, good. I didn't offend anyone. Praise the Lord. Unintentionally. First, first Timothy chapter 5, verses 3 through 15. So this first scripture that we read in, ver in, in, in verse 32 tells us that he who is unmarried is what? Is devoted to the things of the Lord. Only, only concerned about the things of the Lord. Chapter 5 in First Timothy. Is everybody there? Say amen if you're there. Amen. And the word says this in verse 3. It says, honor widows who are really widows. 
But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. And basically what the apostle is saying, when he's saying honor widows, they had this custom in those days where the church actually took care of the widows. You remember, I believe it's in chapter 6 of the book of Acts. Remember they were talking about the widows not getting the same distribution? Well, that's what the churches did at those times. So when he's saying here that he wants you to honor widows, he's saying take care of the widows who are truly widows. And he's going to get into what a real widow is. Verse 5 says, now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day. Okay, so if you're going to be considered a true widow according to the scriptures and according to the definition that the apostle Paul is laying, you've got to be one that trusts in God and that is continually in supplication and prayer night and day. And if you're a single person, you should be doing the same thing, trusting in God, and you should be seeking the face of the Lord, praying as, much, as often as you can because you don't have to do anything else. Verse 6. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Now he's saying, hold on a second. There, 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 is, there is one type of widow that is the one that, you know, she is really devoted and given to the things of the Lord. But then there's the other one who she is not devoted to the things of the Lord and she is going after her own desires. And he tells her, but she's dead as she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is, and, and, and the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do not let a widow, look what he says here, do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number. Why, why not? And not unless she has been the wife of one man. So you got to be the wife of one man there. Obviously, if you, know, you had a husband who died and another husband who died, that's a different scenario, but this is what he's saying. Verse 10, well reported for good works. So if you're going to be considered this widow, you got to be well reported of good works. If she has brought up children, you got to have brought up children. If she has lodged strangers, so she was being there, being hospitable. If she has washed the saints' feet, we don't expect you to wash our feet, but it's just saying serving, glory to God. If she, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but refused the younger widows, why is this? For when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, or when their desires begin to grow, and they don't just, when, when Christ is not enough to satisfy them, what do they desire? They desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. He's not saying that they're backsliding. He's saying that they made a commitment, and they said, listen, we're going to be a widow in the church. We're going to be taken care of. So now, he's saying this woman is going to be receiving something from the church on a weekly, daily basis, or whatever the case may be and then after a little while when you know the pain of her husband dying goes away it may be a year it may be 10 years maybe 15 but at some point she is more most likely if she's young she's going to desire to be married again and then you know what if you put her into the area of the widows she makes this confession and she says you know what this is what i'm going to do and now what are you doing you're making her sin so he's saying listen i don't want anybody to sin in this situation so he says don't let her do that verse 13 and besides, because this is what happens too, after they grow, you know, they grow that, they, they, they stop desiring Christ so much, they learn to be idle. In other words, they learn to do nothing. They're young. They got strength. They can do stuff. So they learn to do nothing. And what do they start doing? Well, they're not doing anything. So they start wandering about from house to house. And only idle, but also gossip and busybody. So now you have these, this widow that's doing what? She ain't doing nothing. She's young. She got all this time on her hands. She's going to everybody's house to spreading all the latest gossip. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. This is what he's saying. He said, don't put them in there. Saying things which they ought not. Therefore, I desire that the younger, the younger widows marry. 
Bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them and do not let the church be burdened that it may relieve those who are really widows. So he shows us the first thing is that they shouldn't be starting no fires. Hello, somebody. The second thing is they have to be concerned and committed wholly to the things of the Lord. You're a single person. I know, I, I know, I know you don't want to hear this. But listen, you're single, you're unmarried, you should be given unto the things of the Lord. You should be given and devoted unto those things. The third thing a single person has to understand is that being single is preparation ground for much more than a spouse. Did you hear me? Being single is preparation ground for much more than a spouse but for your eternity with Christ. Let me tell you something. Many marriages go through the things that they go through because of one thing. Because while these people were single, they didn't get the most out of that season of preparation. So when they enter into marriage, they are ill-equipped for marriage. And I'm not telling you you got to sit down and buy all kind of books on marriage and learn this and that. Listen, we got one book, and this book is more than sufficient to make you prepared to be the best husband and the best wife that there could ever be. Amen? Amen. But what happens is when you get this one lesson, and this is the lesson that most people miss, and here's, here's what it is. And it is that while you are single, you and I, we will always be individuals before the Lord. No matter how married I am, no matter how many children we have, no matter how many grandchildren we have, I am still an individual before God. And therefore, above everything else, there is a standard that I must live up to. And that is the standard that is in the scriptures. And there is one that I have got to give an account to. And that is God Almighty. You see, when I'm single, I've got to get this in my heart and in my mind. I've got to understand that my character should reflect his, that my decisions and my behavior are to be pleasing to him. And lastly, that my lifestyle should always bring honor and glory to God. See, because if I live this way, if I live like this as a single person and I really have this in my mind, when I get married, I'm not going to be so concerned about pleasing my husband or pleasing my wife. My primary concern and objective is going to be to please Almighty God. It is going to be able to give a good account to him. You know what that means? I will automatically become a good husband. I will automatically become a good wife. Why is that? Because I cannot please the Lord and mistreat my spouse. Hello, somebody. We're going to get to y'all marriages next week. Glory to God. I cannot be honoring to God the Father in every area of my life if I am doing things that are offending my spouse. Mm -hmm. So we've got to have this mindset. And the third thing, and I'm getting ready to close. Glory to God. Repeat after me. We must enjoy the benefits and blessings of being single. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 if you would. I want to look at a couple of scriptures here. So, so far we've gotten the definition of single. We've gotten an understanding of what it means to be sanctified. 
to be set apart the way that we're supposed to be. And lastly, I want to talk to you about being satisfied as being a single person. Remember, you may be the one that is in this place that is looking forward to getting married. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is all right. But you need to take these principles and that way you will be fully prepared for that day when you are going to get married. Amen? Chapter 7, verse 7. Look at what verse 7 says. It says, For I wish that all men were even as I, am, as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that manner. And go down with me, please, to verse 32 to verse 35. The apostle says here, But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, he who, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be both holy in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your profit or for your benefit. This is why I said that you can experience the benefit. Not that I may put a leash on you. See, the apostle wasn't trying to choke out the single people and tell them, listen, you know, you stay single and I don't want you to get married. That, that wasn't what he was trying to do. He says, but, I, but, 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 he, but he wanted you um, but, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. And so what he's saying is I didn't put this on you so that way you'd be choked up. That isn't why I'm saying this. But the apostle says something. Why would he say, I wish that all men were like me if it was so horrible? Hello? Why would he say that? He's saying, listen, I'm, being, I'm single and I am able to do the things of the Lord without any limitation. I'm able to do everything that God the Father has called me to do. And there's nothing to stop me. I can get up and leave. I don't got to worry about having to pay this, having to do that. Have to, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I don't have to worry about, am I a good husband? He, he, I don't have to worry about any of those things. But here's the key to being satisfied if you're single. Satisfaction while you're single is only possible through submergence in the presence, purpose, and power of God. The only way that you as a single person in this place are going to find satisfaction is when you submerge yourself in the presence of God. In other words, all of that time that you could be idle doing nothing, spend some time in prayer. Spend some time seeking his face. And obviously you can't pray 24 hours a day. Every day you can do it for certain periods of time. But you can't do that every day. And so that means you're going to go out there in the world. And so what do you need to do? You need to be involved in the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? Being a disciple. Glory to God. Loving God. Reaching others. Serving. Growing. All of that good stuff right there. You can be devoted and doing those things. You've got to be involved in the purpose and the will of God for your life. And as you do that, you know what happens? Because you are involved or because you're submerged in the presence of God and you're submerged in the purpose of God, you know what automatically follows the presence of God and the purpose of God is the power of God. And so now you're walking in a satisfaction because you are able to experience God on different levels, not just in a prayer closet, not just when you come to church, but when you're out there in the world you're experiencing him and you know that what you are doing is bringing glory and honor to his name that's the only way you're going to live satisfied if not you know what you're going to do you're going to look at all these married couples and you're going to think oh my goodness I can't wait listen to me enjoy this season amen, amen. enjoy this time in your life Allow the Spirit of God to mold you and to develop you and help you to become what God wants you to be. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that we cannot allow our society, 
which is very sensually driven to dictate the standards for being single. Because you know what? You can go and you can read. You, 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 go, you go to the grocery store and you see those magazines that are there. And they got all kind of stuff for single folks. How you can be single and just fornicate all over the place and all that stuff. Listen. Listen to me. That is not the will of God. Hello? God's will is for you to be single. Is for you to walk with him in a relationship. For you to be sanctified. To be separated from sin. And to be satisfied. God doesn't want you. Listen to me. God doesn't want you to be over here single. And sanctified, but just unsatisfied. Hello? Do you, think, do, do you think that that's how God wants you? God wants you walking around depressed and discouraged and woe is me because I don't have a boyfriend or woe is me because I don't have a girlfriend or woe is me because I ain't married. Hello, somebody. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I want you to be without concern. I want you to be able to serve God the Father to the fullest. Now, listen, again, I want to qualify this. Because not everybody in this place is going to be single forever. But what I'm telling you is that if you are single and you do desire to get married, don't live for getting married. Live for Christ. Hello? Don't live for, well, I can't wait. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't try to make yourself externally appealing so that way they can all say, no, no, no. Make yourself a person who has an inner beauty that is before God Almighty that he will be honored. Because then, listen to me. You will attract the right man of God or the right woman of God. Hello. And lastly, when you are there and you are single and you're allowing God to do what he wants to do, you have the greatest opportunity to serve Christ in an uninhibited manner and secondly, to grow in character like never before. And for those of you that are going to get married, we're going to talk about that next week, but your character that you developed while you were single is definitely going to be fully and truly tested when you get married. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Every eye closed and every head bowed, please. This is a different, if you want to call it a calling, but different type of question. Because it's specifically for the singles in this church. And again, single means you're unmarried. <clears throat> the question is, are you committed to living single by the book and allowing Christ to complete you? Allowing Christ to make you, to fill you? Are you committed to that? Maybe you're in this place and you say, you know, Lord, I haven't, I'm, I'm, I'm not married and I haven't been focused on you the way that I need to be. Today I heard your word and I want to respond to that. And I want to allow you to complete me. Glory to God. And if that's you in this place, every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Will you just lift up your hand before the Lord? Glory to God. I see the hand. Praise the Lord. I see the hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.